Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Jam-packed we are on a day that. The Yankees didn't play and neither did Russell Wilson. The NBA season starts tonight. What more can you ask for? Let's get this thing going. Here we go! Only one place to start. Why are you laughing at Dominique Foxworth? This gave me a look. Neek is here. Jeff Saturday is here. What was that? Was that too much? I want to apologize to Russell and his family for Greedy said he didn't play last night. (laughs) Candidly, they'd have been better off if he hadn't. In the second half in overtime, he threw for 15 yards. That's our one place to start. Which is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. There's only one way to ask this, Jeff. What has happened to Russell Wilson? Is he just not good? Is it, I mean, right now he does not look like a good quarterback. Why? Yeah, he's playing bad. But listen, they got no answers for pressure. They, they have been – so listen, he has been sacked multiple times in all six games. The only other guy who has that that award, for lack of a better term, is Justin Fields. Yep. This thing is ugly. And last night, he was pressured nine of 15 throws. Nine. So, 60% of his time, he's getting – he is getting – and listen, part of it's on him. I'm not yeah. saying it's on offensive line. He has to know where pressure packages are coming for. They have to have a better plan. But when you've invested a quarter of a billion dollars into your quarterback and you're going to go with the plan of we're going to bench Melvin Gordon, we don't care about our run game Russ is going to cook or whatever people say nowadays you have to protect him first and foremost and everybody talked about how good these receivers were it's looking horrible in Denver and they don't look like they have answers right now yeah so I mean I, I get it it's the pressure's bad getting sacked is bad but that's not new to Russ like Russ always played well in those conditions like I feel like that's all we ever heard of or we all we ever heard about Russ was he's getting sacked too much and he's under pressure so much that's part of his style is to hold on to the ball and make things happen late in the down I don't know if that um, whatever chemistry you need to make that happen hasn't developed yet, but it seems like he's always been a kind of out of structure quarterback and a deep ball quarterback, and he hasn't done that well. Uh, his height, I think, makes it more difficult to attack the middle of the of the field, and he's never really done that much. But it seems like right now they're asking him to do things that don't play well to him. It's like dink and dunk down the field isn't Russ. Russ is kind of the guy where. He he goes. He attacks down the field to keep the defense spread out, and then he makes things happen um, when the play breaks. Well, they down. D- they dink and dunk because that's their run game, and, yeah. and that, that's right. you know what I mean. And that's where Hackett. That's what Hackett's been a cut right. Dink and dunk. Get the ball out of your hand. Let's go make four or five yards. Get get to manageable. Stay in phase. That whole every cliche that offenses use, and then go try to hit it deep for a bomb. But at the end of the day, you're looking at listen. Russ will not be successful with free rushers, and that's what's yeah. being allowed right now. And I'm just telling you, this thing is not and is as well as their defense has played this team should be winning football games not where they're sitting right now no I mean in uh, five of their six games this year they've allowed fewer than 20 points yes and yet they're two and four so the defense is more than doing its job and for what it's worth I mean statistics aren't perfect but they do tell a story Russell Wilson has the 25th highest QBR in the National Football League this year. The names below him are Justin Fields and Carson Wentz and Davis Mills and Baker Mayfield. I mean, those are the people who were right behind him. Um, So it has been a very bad start for him. Greeny with Jeff Saturday and Dominique here with us. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive offers a great price and round-the-clock protection when bundling home and auto. It's one of those rare times where you could save money and get something great. Bundle today at Progressive.com. So here's one of the interesting things that can happen. And you guys really came through for me on this front today. So 
even after 30 years in this, I sometimes question myself when I think something will make for an interesting conversation. So I saw on Saturday morning when I woke up that Robert Kraft had gotten married here in New York City. And I saw this picture and I saw that Tom Brady was there. And I thought to myself, that seems very odd to me. But I was very concerned that I was going to make a big deal out of something that everyone was going to tell me, Greedy, don't be ridiculous. That's not a big deal. And then they lose and they look bad. And he's yelling and screaming yeah. at the lineman on the sideline. And I thought to myself, I really think that the, we should bring up the craft wedding. But I really doubted myself mm-hmm. on that front. And then I come in and I bring it up almost hesitantly in the meeting this morning. And you guys just went off. And it... it it definitely confirmed for me that there was something there, which I myself was sort of questioning. What is there, Dominique? For those who don't know, he was at the wedding Friday night in New York. He then flew himself to Pittsburgh and met his teammates there, missed a walkthrough and a meeting, did not miss a practice. The head coach afterwards said it had no impact on anything. Your it, reaction? It wasn't a big deal until they lost. And then it becomes a part of a pattern and a trend that I think is a little bit concerning. So I don't think that Tom Brady played poorly because he missed uh, that walkthrough or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't think that this team is struggling because Tom Brady did not um, or miss 11 days of camp and doesn't practice on Wednesdays and quit and then decided to come back. Like, I don't think those are affecting Tom Brady's performance, but I do think that part of what Tom Brady brought to um, the Buccaneers was a culture of – Nothing's more important than us preparing for this game. And he set that example uh, in creating opportunities when you're not even supposed to be practicing. They're creating practices on high school football fields. They're doing those things. And I think when you set that example, everyone around you has no choice but to follow because the GOAT is doing that. And I don't think, and Jeff, I think, disagrees with me, but I don't think the guys on the team are mad at Tom about not being at all of these things. But I do think that the example that he's setting is like the tone setter. It's the culture setter. And so like every team I've been on, when the best players are committed and they're staying a little later, us guys who aren't the best players, we, we stay a little later too. Absolutely. And when those guys are out there doing extra reps, they may not need them, but we say, oh, he's out here. I do it too. So I think that part of what's happening to this team is that Tom is not setting that tone. So we don't see how much time guys are spending, how committed they are to all these things. But I, I find it hard to believe that when the the single culture setter in that organization is setting a tone of this is not the most important thing, it's impossible, I think, for these guys. And I don't think they're doing it consciously, but I think subconsciously yeah. they're just like, all right, I'm going to go do this instead. Yeah. Tom's not here. They aren't thinking it, but they, they no. feel that they, I mean, are they, aren't, thinking it. they aren't saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so I'm going to say this, right? So um, – we give a ton of praise to Tom Brady for leadership, right? And and which we which we should because in the in the his career he's won the most Super Bowls and and you look at a guy who has led by example whether it's taking less money whether it's being you know staying in new whatever all those things are that people think don't really matter the the details really do matter and so I think the problem for me is is leadership is mimicked behavior yeah. when you have a 21 year old player who was coming in 22 23 
and they're seeing a 45-year-old player who decides to, hey, I'm going to go do this, and I'm not going to show up for Saturday. Whether you think it applies to winning or not, it does apply, right? Because those small details of leadership is why you pay coaches and head coaches tens of millions of dollars because the business of being good to great and what separates those are leadership because we talk about it all the time. Who are the guys who elevate others to be better than they expect of themselves? That's leadership. Tom Brady has always done that. He's always called on and demanded his players to play at a level that maybe they couldn't even expect themselves to play at. So when you slack off, and I'm going to use that term loosely because it's a slack off to me because he can fully afford to fly to New York, right. go to that. I have no problem with him going to the wedding on Friday. I don't care if he stayed up all night at the wedding. None of that matters. But be back where you're supposed to be on Saturday morning with your guys and fly with your team and do all of those things. Because as little as you think it means, it actually means an enormous amount. Because now you've put into question, and whether you believe it or not, perception is reality. You have now opened yourself up to criticism when you don't play well. And this is not an offense that has played well all season. I mean, take away game one, this is a team that, look, you know, defense has been carrying them and doing these things. So the frustration for me is when I think about Peyton Manning, and I played with Peyton Manning for a long time, in the offseason, he put offseason workouts in a higher priority than all those commercials, all the other stuff that he's asked to do. That dude was always back with us. And that's the freaking offseason. Yeah. So to say a Friday night and a Saturday, and I know it doesn't really matter. He didn't miss practice, all that kind of stuff. But, bro, it matters. In the locker room, it matters. To teammates, it matters. And, and whether you think they say it, they don't say it, leadership matters. And you have to elevate the others around you if you're Tom Brady because the margin of error is so small. Yeah, and I think that they could be justifiable reasons. Like, I don't know why he was gone for 11 days. They could be justifiable reasons, but it doesn't matter. The impact is the same. The cost on the team is still the same. It's a price that they have to pay. And I think that Tom Brady, whatever he has going on, on or off the field, inside or outside of his mind and body, all that stuff, it, it's fine. It's, I'm not trying to come down on Tom Brady for making whatever decisions to prioritize the things that are important. But you have to understand that it's going to have an impact on the team. Right. And, and here's the thing. Like, if, if, that was your, if that's your family, like the, the, the training camp for me, I can separate because if that's your family and the whole thing with mm-hmm. he and his wife and all the things that are coming out, if that's what he was, I'm all for that. Right. Going to a wedding is not. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's not let's not compare the two. Right. Like let's make sure family is family. Like and, and listen, I play Tony Dungy's a Hall of Fame coach. Right. Every coach I've ever played for, Jim Mora, Jim Caldwell, Tony Dungy. These guys believe if you had a family emergency, you were cleared from all football responsibilities. This is not a football responsibility, but this is enjoying time. That's not the same. So if he's working on his family, I'm all for it. This is a separate situation to me in totality, and, and, and I have issue with it. I also, this is completely separate from anything, and Robert Kraft can literally do anything he wants. I mean that not just as, a, as, a, as an expression, but, I mean, the man is, yeah. he can literally. The fact that he chose to get married on a Friday night during the football season is odd It's strange. To me. It just, there were so many people 
that you would think would be able to attend. I mean, Bill Belichick didn't go. Belichick said he was invited. But of course he didn't go because it's a Friday night during the football season and we have a game. I looked at the picture. I mean, I don't, I don't have the guest list in front of me. Right. But in the picture, the only active player I see in no. that picture is Brady. No, there was a couple. I think, Who else I, I think is there? that's Andrews and McCourty in the back. I think those yeah. are two. Good. But again, they, they live close to here, yeah. right there. In New, they can they, get here and get here back. And back. Yeah, so they have no – and again, oh, it's train, right? I'm glad but, you pointed that I out. I mean, he does not have to answer to anybody, but he has to answer to one person. So I'm guessing that's the reason why he had a wedding in the middle of the football season. Is <laughs> she wanted her wedding on she, that Friday. Yeah. It's, and then yeah. he had to answer that. And that's right, a wedding Brady, on a Friday. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. And a reminder, you can watch us live in the ESPN app. Just open the app. Hit watch on the bottom tab, and you'll be able to watch the show live. Let's get to the really important stuff here. Dominique Foxworth, is Sauce Gardner the best corner in the NFL? Oh, here we go. Or is he the best that ever lived? <laughs> um, it's close. I'm just Since it's only six games of the season, I'm going to say just the best in the NFL. Which, it sounds hyperbolic, but it's not an exaggeration. He is so freaking He's, good. He is incredible. I, I can't wait to go back to my hotel room and open up my computer and watch this sauce. So he's, he's better than Stingley? I mean, he's... he's uh, yes, I think so. I mean, <laughs> the answer is yes. He's he's in, he's incredible. Uh, it's hard to, to rate corners in general because right. so much other other context matters. But he jumps off the screen as a special player. And since we have such a small sample size of him, we don't got much bad tape. I yeah. remember in the first game against the Ravens, he had a couple like missed assignments, which is like learning how to play stuff. But if he knows what he's doing. I ain't seen. I mean, Sertan is really good. Also, there's a lot of really good. There's corners. young corners Ooh. that, that have, like like when you when you see cycles in the NFL, yeah. right? Because we we played through them, right? Yeah. Like like when I came through, there were there were studs all over the defensive backfield. Mm. We we kind of went through a lot. It is a it is a. I think it's, it's adjustment. It's like we change the rules every couple of years to make it harder on. Defense. That's a great point. And then it takes time for the players that down the pipeline to develop the skills needed to survive in this NFL in this NFL and yeah. to find the body types that are needed for this because like when I was coming up it was like big physical corners right. who can press and then they changed the rules and made it more difficult to press then it changed to like smaller more athletic corners thank you Jesus or I wouldn't yes. have made no money yes. <laughs> and then the cycles change they go up and down based on the rules and now yeah. I think guys like Sauce Gardner who are long and athletic and um and instinctive and fast and smart like these guys yeah. are guys to- who can to- always find you can just say total package total yeah, package. He's, and he's, he's got everything. the attitude he's walking Ooh. out of Lambeau Field That's with a the, cheese head on I'm sorry I've I, I feel I apologize for not bringing that up first because that's the first thing. Corners are born. They are born when they come out. This this was the best birth that ever taken place. <laughs> this was the, sm- the smoothest delivery that ever happened. Is how you feel when you're born as a corner. And from that point forward, everything else is it's like a mindset you have to have because it is so hard. As Jason Kelsey pointed out, it's the hardest position to play in all of football, and you have to be able to <laughs> deal with and ad- ad- Adversity is the word. Two, I was two things for. I love about what Jason Kelsey said. We won't step into one, but the other <laughs> oh, one I do love it. is this like the antithesis of an offensive line. We're like the most self-effacing. Always corners, no Mm-mm. chance. They they Mm-mm. never mess up. Right? Something happened for that not for that play to be made. It's unreal. More it's than factual. receivers. Oh, absolutely. 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 Receivers, yeah, they, yeah. They're high on themselves, too. Yeah. Receiver, no, no so, receivers are just divas. They, yeah, they, they, yeah, they're just yeah. more diva. Like, DBs yeah. are not divas because they, they get put out on an island. They better recognize. Yeah, they, we can't catch, but, yeah. but they don't believe in themselves. Chris, <laughs> Chris Carter once said to me, I, I, as a receiver, I only want to talk about two things. Me 
and my money. And that's it. There's nothing else to talk about. Guys, you're the best. Thank you. Fabulous day, as always. Coming up next, my takes on the whole NFL weekend, plus the green list and the start of the NBA season. All that and a whole lot more. Stay there. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greenies Takes. All right, here we go. Uh, my top five takes from the NFL weekend, which officially came to an end last night because we had that crossover event yesterday. I wasn't here to do all my usual stuff um, on Monday. So I, some of this is going to take us back to Sunday, but I think it is all, they are all places that are worth going to. Here are my top five takeaways with the assembled members of the hashtag crew alongside. Number five. What has happened to Russell Wilson? What has happened? Like a hembo. Russell Wilson, there was some question over the many years he was in Seattle over the following debate. Is Russell Wilson an all-time great quarterback or is he merely a terrific quarterback? There's a big difference between those two things. Aaron Rodgers is an all-time great quarterback. And um, I don't know. I'm not even sure who to say. Matt Ryan is a very good quarterback. Right? There was never a discussion, is Russell Wilson awful? Like, what has happened? You were sending me numbers left and right. He's so good at this. He's so good at that. He's done mm-hmm. this. No one else has ever done that. What has happened to Russell Wilson in Denver? Well, let's compare Russell Wilson to an all-time great who walked in his shoes. Let's compare him to Peyton Manning, who ran that same play in Denver. So, Greeny, the Broncos have scored 16 points or fewer five times in six games with Russell Wilson as their quarterback. <laughs> the Broncos scored 16 points or fewer three times 
in 57 games with Peyton Manning as their quarterback. That's how bad it's been. And that was even like some of those games were games where Manning couldn't even throw the ball anymore, but he could just think his way to a couple of touchdowns. Look, I'm not going to give up on Russell Wilson. I'm not going to say this is now his lot in life. He's terrible. If for no other reason, then he's going to continue to get opportunity after opportunity. They traded everything in the world. They put up a graphic on Monday Night Football last night, um, or in the pregame, maybe it was. Shefty put up a graphic. They, they traded 10 players for him, if you include the draft picks. A first and a second this coming year. It's the biggest haul that has been traded for one player since Herschel Walker. So... There's no way in the world he's not getting every chance to prove he can get it. They'll go through three coaches before they change quarterbacks. But it is starting to look that worrisome in Denver. So that's a terrible, terrible start. Number four. All right, number four, uh, Tom Brady does not appear all in. And I won't take up a lot of time here on this one because we just spent a bunch of time talking with Neek and Jeff about it. You heard my perspective on it. It is not about whether it is wrong for him to go to this wedding on a Friday night in New York. It is about the fact that he himself would never have done this five years ago. He just wouldn't have. It is not a criticism of a 45-year-old man in a long-term marriage with children who may be going through a bunch of stuff. Again, that's his business, their business, not mine. But it is everyone knows the kind of thing we're talking about. If he's got a lot of stuff going on in his life, that's perfectly understandable for him not to be able to feel... Like, his entire world rests upon doing everything he can to be the best quarterback in the NFL. But it was that dedication that has made him what he is. And if he doesn't have that, then they don't have a chance. So I, I, think, I think he will actually get it together there. But I'm a lot less confident of it than I was a couple of weeks ago. Greeny with you, my takes. Number three. Uh, the Packers need help. They firmly need help. And and this is Aaron Rodgers I have here talking about how he believes the Packers are going to be in on trade conversations. Brian, I've had uh, uh, a number of conversations. I trust him and his staff. Uh, if they feel like they need to add, that they will. I think there's enough on this team to be a successful team. Uh, there's the possibility if certain guys emerge of us having a chance to make a run. I know Brian believes the same thing, uh, but if there's an opportunity, uh, I would expect that Brian will be in the mix. They need help because, look, I mean, the Jets' defense is good, very good. They have good players. We're not the 85 Bears. The, what the Jets did to the Packers on Sunday was humiliating. They humiliated their offensive line. They humiliated their wide receivers. The Jets were beating the hell out of Aaron Rodgers in a game that was tied at three late in the third quarter. You can't look worse than that Green Bay offense looks. And look, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm wrong about almost everything that I project. But I was right about this. You don't lose Devontae Adams and get better. It just doesn't happen. The one piece Michael Jordan could never have afforded to lose was Scottie Pippen. And Rodgers knows that because he's the one who made last year the last dance. Jordan won zero championships without Pippen because Scottie was that important. He wasn't as important as Michael, but he was indispensable. He was irreplaceable. He was necessary. And that's what Devontae Adams was here, and they're done without him.
But I'll ask you this question, though. Who are we blaming, if you will, for his departure? Because well, Devontae Adams himself said they offered me more money than the Raiders Yeah, did. but that was way after the fact. I blame everybody. I blame Rodgers for his indecision. I have to believe at least part of Devontae's decision is based on the uncertainty that surrounds Rodgers every minute of every day, much less every season. The Packers could have given him his money a long time ago. I think they burned bridges with him emotionally. Everyone deserves at least a little bit of blame. Do I think Devontae Adams chose to leave? Yes. Do I think that was something that had to happen? Absolutely not. Mm. There were ways to make that thing work. No one was more out the door than Aaron Rodgers was a couple of years ago. When they figured that one out, they should never, never have let Devontae Adams get away. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Number two. Uh, My number two take, the Dallas Cowboys are going to be great this year. Every NFL team is going to face adversity. It It is part of the package. It's not negotiable. It's not maybe. The Dallas Cowboys have faced theirs. They face about as significant an adversity as a team can have. Far few things can happen to an NFL team that is worse than their quarterback missing five weeks. And they came out of it better. They came out of it the better for it. And the frequently maligned Mike McCarthy and his games in-game stuff still leaves a lot to be desired. But you got to give some credit to culture and some credit to coaching and some credit to everything. But not only have they survived, but I think that they have emerged better for having faced this adversity. And you know who has not faced any? The Philadelphia Eagles. And here's what I will say to you, Hembo. I'm looking right at you. That's your team. I know you love them, and they're excellent. But something is going to happen to them. I don't know what it is. It might come in the form of injury or a rash of injuries. It might come in the form of some off-the-field thing. Who knows? Something happens in a football season to every team every year. Let's see how they handle that adversity. Maybe they'll handle it great. But the Cowboys, I know this for certain, they've handled their adversity and emerged stronger. I think the Cowboys are right there with the Eagles. Those, to me, are the two teams to beat in the NFC, and I put them 1-1-A. One one yeah, our numbers say the Cowboys have played the most difficult schedule in the NFC to date. They're 4-2 and two with all of those wins coming with their backup quarterback. For my money, there is no team that has built more equity from week one to now than the Cowboys have based upon merely those two things. What do you make of that, Bubba, the Cowboy fan? I'm I'm with you. I think uh, you know. I think Mike McCarthy. I don't understand what he was doing with the spot in the you know not challenging it. That was insane and rushing. But apart from that, I think he does deserve credit. And I think yeah. I mean they're in a great spot coming back right now with Dak. I agree with the adversity. I agree with what you're saying. I think all signs point to them being in a great position. And yeah, I, I mean the they're no matter what, even though how bad they kind of played, they really had a chance to win that game against the Eagles. So you had Dak back in there, and I think they're they're in a good spot. People, Cowboy fans themselves, they're afraid to love again. They've been disappointed. They've been crushed. I know this because Jet fans say the same thing to me. Like someone actually texted me the other day, Greeny, I'm not afraid to love for the first time. Actually brings us to number one. Number one. The Jets are good. I mean, the Jets are just good. This is no longer cute. It's not a fluke. It's not a, the Jets are good. Are they great? No. Are they Buffalo? No. But they're on to something special. If, if the quarterback develops, and I think they are, for the first time, I actually think they're doing an excellent job of that. You know, I was terrified to death that they were destroying the kid. I feel completely the opposite way right now. They can't. It's not their fault the injuries on the offensive line, and they're getting better and better in that regard. But they're running the ball. They're using the tight ends. They've got the weapons. They've put them around them. They're not making the kid feel like he's got to make a bunch of plays in every single game in order for them to have a chance to win. That's how you develop a young quarterback. And if he winds up being good, I'm going to make this statement. The New York Jets could be a Super Bowl contender as soon as next year. 
I think they have a chance to make a playoff run this year. I think they'll be playing meaningful games around Thanksgiving. They are not a Super Bowl contender this year. They can't play with Kansas City and Buffalo and all that. Not, not yet. But as soon as next year, I genuinely believe they have a chance to get that good. I really do. I'll tell you what, though. The Jets reaching the Super Bowl this year would be no less likely than Cincinnati doing so last year. They got a young coach that nobody believed in that does now. They were, uh, Cincinnati was one year removed from drafting a quarterback, number one overall, you, number two overall. You had 80-1 to one preseason odds to win the conference. So did they. They started 4-2, and two, and so have you. So, like, this happens in the NFL. Stuff happens we don't see. I'm not counting on it. But crazier things have happened as recently as last year. Okay, I, I will live with that. I'm not in any way suggesting I think it's good. I don't want, I don't want this to be, oh, Greeny says the No, <laughs> but I went through the schedule multiple times, as might not be a surprise. And I think I can see a, re- a way for them to win 11 games. I, I think the likeliest scenario is 9 or 10. I, I don't think there's any obvious reason to think they should win less than that. This was the bad part of the schedule. They've gotten through that at 4-2. and two. Going to Lambeau Field felt like a loss. Going to Denver felt like a loss before the season began. How's that feel now? Broncos on a short week? Russell's got a shoulder and a hamstring? And he's bad when he's healthy now. Do the Patriots look unbeatable? I mean, they get them twice in four weeks. That feels like a split. They probably don't beat Buffalo. That seems unlikely. The Jets have a chance to win some games. So... I'm feeling very good about myself. I'm feeling very good about things, and it is all a lot of fun. Okay, I'm going to save my baseball stuff here for, for a couple of minutes. Uh, Bubba, uh, do you have a who you got ready? Let's do one. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? Got a minute for a quick who you got here with our friend Mr. Bubba. Bubba, what have you got for us today? A little fun question to get everybody thinking. All right, 91 years ago this Thursday, Mickey Mantle was born in Oklahoma. He's a 20-time All-Star, 7-time World Series champion, likely a favorite of many Yankee fans in the 50s and 60s. But who was your favorite Yankee player growing up? Who you got? Oh, that's a great question. And the answer is easy. My favorite player on the Yankees, and I think... So I'm 55 years old. I think if you ask anyone who was my age who was a Yankee fan as a kid, I'm going to guess 8 out of 10 would have the same answer. And that was Thurman Munson. Uh, Thurman Munson was the catcher on the Yankees, most probably best remembered now, tragically, for having died in a plane crash during the season. Um and I will never, he died on August 2nd. I'll remember that day to the rest, for the rest of my life. I knew a girl whose birthday was August 2nd, and I stopped speaking to her for a while. It was so devastating. I remember the covers of the New York papers the next day. Uh, I was 11 or 12 years old when it happened. And, uh, but he was phenomenal. Thurman Munson was phenomenal. That was at the sort of the, one of the many apexes of a Yankee-Red Sox rivalry that has sort of ebbed and flowed over the years. That was during a heavy flow. And the, the Red Sox had Carlton Fisk, and the Yankees had Thurman Munson, and they were really two excellent players. I remember crying. My first recollection, I'm, I don't remember Carlton Fisk hitting a home run in the 75 World Series. I don't remember. I'm not old enough to remember that. My first recollection of watching baseball was the 76 World Series when the Yankees got swept by the big red machine. And I remember crying because they were stealing bases against Munson. 
They, they were the, the, the Reds were just running on us like crazy. They were just much, much better than the Yankees were. The 76 Reds are the best baseball team I ever saw play. Um, but anyway, that's an easy question. It's an excellent question. It's an easy question. I, I think that would be true of almost everyone my age. Again, I come by these credentials honestly. Both my parents born and raised in the Bronx. Thurman Munson was my favorite player. And your father's favorite player? My father's favorite player was Joe DiMaggio. My father dedicated his first book to Joe DiMaggio and it had nothing to do with sports, but he was his idol all of his life. And, and anything I ever do now, um, anytime Mike and I threw out the first pitch anywhere or whatever, they would offer me a jersey. Like I didn't have a number. Mike would always get his number, which was 90 when he played. I always asked for the number five, just, you know, to honor DiMaggio, but mostly to honor my dad. All right, that was a good question today, Bubs. I liked it a lot. All right, I didn't get to the green light. I'm going to get to that. Plus, the green list is for the start of the NBA season. Busy day on this Tuesday. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I am Greeny, and this reminder, the road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action presented by AutoZone on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, including today. Green light, green light with Greeny. So we're going to get a game five in the Bronx uh, today between the Guardians and the Yankees. We've got the assembled members of the hashtag crew here who all have a rooting interest of significance. Uh, Hembo, who just lives and dies with baseball. Nuno, who lives and dies with the Yankees. And Bubba, who lives and dies with the Mets and thus hates the Yankees and wants to see them suffer in any way imaginable. I had a conversation with our friend Jessica Mendoza, Hembo, in uh, makeup this morning as we were sitting there and chatting. And I had seen on Twitter there were a lot of people who were saying the Yankees were lobbying like crazy last night to delay and the Guardians were lobbying to play. And that obviously is because the delay of a day is a huge advantage for New York. Most definitely, because the Yankees' bullpen, for as solid as it has been throughout parts of you know, the end of the season, and even in some sense this series, is not nearly as deep as Cleveland's. And there are loud and clear numbers that say the more rest your bullpen gets in the playoffs, the better off you'll be. And the idea of the Yankees, having four, the Yankees and the Guardians having four games in four days would have probably rendered their bullpen terrible. But that's why today matters so much, and that is why I favor the Yankees in today's game. The Yankees not only have a fresh bullpen, which matters more for them than Cleveland, but there's also an X factor today, Greeny, and the X factor is Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, who threw 110 pitches two days ago, who said uh, yesterday when he came to the ballpark, he told Aaron Boone, 
I'm available. I don't know if they'll use him, but Garrett Cole could loom large over tonight, just two days removed from start. You know, you managed to say a lot of words there without saying the two I was most expecting to hear, which are Nestor Cortez. Mm. Is that not the most important part of this, is that he would not have been the starter last night and now will? Well, Nestor Cortez is still pitching on short rest. and in But the he post- wasn't pitching last night, and he is pitching now. Do I have that wrong? No, you have that right. But he's still pitching on short rest. He's pitching on three days rest, which means he's going to get something like 12 outs if you're lucky. In other words, this is a bullpen game. And the fact that the Yankees had a day of rest makes their bullpen so much more effective. Nuno, how do you feel? I feel like I'm going to be agitated all day. <laughs> like, this is what it's setting up for, right? Like, because this whole series, it should have been over. Um, you know, Boone, it's, it's shown the weakness that this team has. You know, the bullpen's a disaster. Their defense, I, IKF and Hicks on Sunday, even though they won that game. It's just, I, it's during a no-win situation. They have to win this game. If not, everything they've done and accomplished is a complete and utter uh, failure this year. So what I could not help but notice was that last night as the game was being delayed, there was a lot of, or I should say not nearly enough, information on what was going on. Um, For those around the country not following this, because I live here in New York, I know lots of people who are going to the game, who are at the game, all that kind of thing. And the first update that I saw came shortly after 6 o'clock for a a, a game that was supposed to start at 7, I think, 07. And it said, the game will start in a rain delay. We will have more information for you soon. Now it's 8 o'clock, 8.15, and there was no more information. I'm texting Buster, and I'm texting you, Hembo, and I'm texting, I'm like, are they going to play this game or not? Like, And at some point, it just got ridiculous. If they, Let's put it this way. I think the thing they got wrong last night, if they got something wrong, was not being more communicative with the people who were there. That, that, that seems to be the problem. If they said they were going to give an update shortly after 7 o'clock and no one heard a word, I certainly didn't see anything on Twitter, and our people didn't. If Buster doesn't know, no one knows. Mm-hmm. The fact that no one seemed to know at 9 o'clock last night if this game was going to get played or not, that's a bad job. Yeah, they made that announcement at 6.20 that it would start in a delay. Right. They postponed the game at 9.35 and there was no information in between. Yeah, that, that, that's badly done. That said, the one thing it is a reminder of for all these people who are saying, oh, just postpone the game to the next day and then just push back the game against Houston a day and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's only in sports. And I understand it because we have this emotional attachment and this passion for it. But it's only in sports that we get mad when businesses behave like businesses. You know, when you sit back and you watch a game, and whatever your favorite sport may be, whether it's the baseball playoffs or the NBA, which starts tonight, or if you love the hockey or you're watching the football on Sundays, at this point, even the college sports, what you are actually watching is business being conducted right before your eyes. That's what's happening. And sometimes we get mortally offended. I read things on Twitter and I read newspaper columns and all this kind of stuff of people that if you were to translate it, it would be, I I, I would translate it for you to say, people are basically saying, how dare these people act like this is a business? Don't they understand this is a game? Don't they understand this means something to me much more than the businesses that I otherwise, every business, you know, is manipulating you in a million different ways. I always use the tuna fish companies. I love tuna fish. 
So, you know, you buy tuna fish, you buy a can of tuna fish. You know, the number of different ways you're being manipulated into buying that particular can of tuna fish and all the ways in which they're doing whatever it is they're doing, they're behaving like a business. And we never sit back and say, why are these people acting like this is a business? I just want my tuna fish. So don't be surprised when they act like this is a business. I know it feels galling, but it is a silly thing if you really think about it. Why should these people act like this is all about money? Well, it's because it's all about money. I'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.